This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh once again. A'udhu billahi samir ayy min ash-shaytan rajim. Bismillahi ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa la'udwana illa ala al-zalimeen. Wa la'aqibatu lil-muttaqeen. Allahumma salli wa sallam wa barak ala abdika wa rasulika Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa ala anihi wa sahbihi wa sallam tasliman kathira. Um... Inshallah ta'ala, first of all, uh, it's the 29th night of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow this to be a blessed night for all of us. I want to uh, reiterate to everyone to please keep us all in your du'as. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be amongst those that observe and witness Laylatul Qadr, uh, whether it is tonight or another night. May Allah azza wa jalla allow us to be amongst those who fully have the reward of Ramadan and Laylatul Qadr lit- written down for them. Allahumma ameen. And uh, I have to admit, there's a, a bit of a sadness sinking in, subhanAllah, as you're getting to the end of these ayat now. So I pray that Allah Azza allow this to be for our benefit um, and not against us, bidnillahi ta'ala. Uh, the next ayah that we're going to start with, and we're actually going to combine two, inshaAllah ta'ala, uh, verse 72. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَشْهَدُونَ wa وَإِذَا مَرُّوا بِاللَّغْوِ مَرُّوا kirama. And those who do, who do not witness uh, falsehood, those who do not witness falsehood, and if they happen to pass by vain or harmful speech, maru kirama, then they pass by with dignity. They pass by with complete honor. They do not descend or denigrate uh, themselves by descending into shahadat uh, zur or alav, okay, which is uh, falsehood or immorality or vain or harmful. Speech. So again, uh, those who do not give witness to falsehood, and if they happen to pass by, and I'm going to, to be very specific as to why I'm saying if they happen to pass by harmful speech, if they happen to pass by uh, vain speech, then they pass by with honor and dignity. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, first starts off with azur, and azur here can mean different things. So zur means falsehood. Some of the scholars say that what this is referring to is the greatest falsehood of the rituals of polytheism. And so this is, of course, Mecca Quran. So it's referring to those who refuse to take part in shahada to zur, in azur, the greatest zur, the greatest falsehood, which was the honoring of the idols and the sacrifice to those idols and those that held back from those things. And so they said, that this connects to when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions uh, those uh, who do not commit shirk, nor do they commit murder, nor do they commit adultery. So some of the scholars said this is referring to that, the holding back from the rituals that were taking place, particularly in Mecca, to honor the idols and to uh, to do harm in the name of those idols, to sacrifice to those idols. And so, la yashhadun azur, the scholars say the first implication is a person holds back from that. And then some of the scholars, they said, and then it includes major sins. So the ultimate zur is a shirk, and then what emanates from shirk is major sins. And then some of the scholars, they said that this is talking about shahada to zur specifically, which is false testimony, which the Prophet ﷺ warned so severely against. And some of them said it's in its most general sense, which is all sorts of immorality. They do not witness all sorts of immorality. And so the Prophet ﷺ talks about 
Um, people that witness evil and they don't say anything and they don't register the disapproval. And as a result of that, they all face the consequences um, of that. So the Prophet ﷺ, uh, he said, That verily people, if they witness evil and they don't do anything to change it, it might be that they will all face the consequences of that punishment. Um, the Prophet ﷺ said, that man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawm al akhir whoever believes in allah in the last day fala yajlisu ala ma'idatin yushrabu alayhi al khamr then do not sit on a table spread where alcohol is being drunk now i'm i'm not going to get into the fiqh of this uh too much you know uh what exceptions might exist in certain contexts but the point is is that uh you know giving uh tacit approval in a way that would give approval to the people that you're sitting with that you're okay with it right uh shurb al khamr the Prophet وسلم, uh, mentioned the person who witnesses a contract of riba, witnesses a contract of usury. So some of the scholars have said that what this is referring to is the broadest sense of azur, of falsehood, and not bearing witness to it. But let's first talk about, inshallah ta'ala, shahadat azur, which is false testimony. Um, false testimony refers to telling a lie that has consequences. To the person that's being lied against. So false testimony in a court of law, false testimony in a situation of arbitration, false testimony in something that's highly consequential, right? So whether it's an alimony or in a dispute or some sort of business contract or negotiation, false testimony is the, the key of khiana, right? It is, it is complete hypocrisy. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned that the hypocrites, they lie when they, they speak, when they speak, they lie. When they make promises, they break their promises. When they are given amana, when they're entrusted, they betray their amanat, right? They betray their trust. And so false testimony is a culmination of all of that because it's not just a lie. It's a lie that, that can really devastate someone else's life. It's a lie that, uh, that leads to the consumption of hukuk, that leads to the consumption of rights. And uh, that's why you find a hadith, an authentic hadith from Abu Bakr not Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr who said that the Messenger said, Shall I not tell you of the greatest of the major sins? Akbar al Kabair, the greatest of the major sins. And they said, What is it, O Messenger of Allah? The Prophet said that you associate others in worship with Allah and that you disobey your parents. And Abu Bakr says that the Prophet ﷺ was laying down. So he was reclining as he was saying this ﷺ. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he sat up and he said, Ala wa qawlu zur wa shahadatu zur. Ala wa qawlu zur wa shahadatu zur. Ala wa qawlu zur wa shahadatu zur. And beware of false speech and bearing witness to falsehood. Beware of false speech and bearing witness to falsehood. Beware of false speech and bearing witness to falsehood. Now, I want you to just think about the imagery here. Imagine if I kept on repeating this for the next 30 minutes. And beware of false speech and bearing witness to falsehood. And beware of false speech and bearing witness to falsehood. Right? Some of you would be like, okay, well, will he stop now and move on to the next point? Abu Bakr, he says that the Prophet ﷺ kept on saying, He kept on repeating it until we wished, uh, we wished, he, we wished he would stop. The Prophet ﷺ would not stop saying, Beware of false testimony. Beware of false testimony and witnessing false testimony. 
In another uh, incident, the Prophet ﷺ, he compared qawla zur false testimony, to shirk, to polytheism. Why? Because it's a lie. Remember, qawla uh, zur is a lie that brings about oppression or the consumption of rights. The greatest dhulm, the greatest oppression, is that you don't fulfill the right of the one that created you, right? And so the greatest oppression is, to, is the lie of shirk, which leads you to negate the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be worshipped. And so the Prophet ﷺ was praying one day and he stood up and he said that Allah Azza wa Jal has put shirk and false testimony in the same category. And he recited وسلم, the verse in Surah Al-Hajj, verse 30. And so beware of the filth of the idols, the impurity of the idols, and and beware, uh, uh, relinquish, put aside, move away from, distance yourself from from false testimony. So what's the connection between shirk and false testimony? As we said, shirk is a lie that causes you to negate the greatest right, which is the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be worshipped without any partners and to be unconditionally obeyed. Qawla zur is a lie that brings about the loss of the rights of one of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, so I just want you to see that connection between those two things. And, you know, we, we, we've talked about this when we were going through Surah Al-Mu'minun uh, and uh, we were, um, you know, talking about the qualities in Surah Al-Mu'minun and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talking about, you know, the first quality of al-mu'minun after salah, after prayer was, that these are people that don't waste their time with vain speech. And we said that lahu, vain speech, can lead to, idle speech can lead to a bunch of un- unintended consequences and circumstances uh, for a person. In this situation, what we spoke about then when you press share on something, you own it. To do naql, to do naql, to transfer something, is to do shahada of it, is to be a witness to it, and to own it. And this is so, you know, scary, subhanAllah, because some of the stuff that gets passed around has major consequences. It has major consequences to people's lives, and people press share they repeat, and that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, it is enough of lying for a person. It's enough lying for a person. And yet, that he repeats everything he hears, that he repeats everything he hears, even if he doesn't intend to lie, but he parrots everything that he hears. And so, Qawla Zur is talking about here that, and of, of course, this is, um, you know, first manifested in a courtroom or in an actual procedure or trial where a person's uh, called to bear witness to something. But let's be real here, right? You know, people's lives, their a'rad, their honor, their dignity, uh, everything is 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 now out there, right? So there's the courts as in the courtrooms, and then there's the court of public opinion. And so people that pass on azur, that pass on, uh, you know, false witness, they own it. And when you meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're not going to be able to say, Ya Allah, I just pressed share. Ya Allah, I just retweeted it. Ya Allah, I just repeated it. Allah Azza wa Jalla is going to ask you, well, did you verify it all? And what was your purpose for engaging it in the first place? So Allah Azza wa Jalla warns us heavily here, qawla zur, that uh, people do not, that the believers do not engage in qawla zur. Now a person might be saying, but look, you know, 
I'm not actually in a courtroom. Uh, who cares what I what I pass on? What does my opinion mean anyway? Or this was just you know this was just passing something along. It wasn't that serious, and you know I was just you know entertaining it or engaging it so that people could look into it. Allah talks about the process of how we fall into qawl zur Now qawl zur false testimony, uh, the greatest false testimony is slander. All right, slander when it comes to uh, the arad, the chastity of a person. But how do I get to that point? Right? How do I get to that point? So Allah talks about a process here. And remember, we spoke about this when it comes to the major sins, that there's a process, there's a pathway to major sins. And the pathways to those major sins of murder, of adultery, of shirk are uh, are minor sins or, uh, or or voids on the inside that eventually lead you down that path. What is the pathway to something as severe as qawl zur that the Prophet ﷺ will compare it to shirk and the Prophet ﷺ will feel like the sahaba need to be warned so much that he will keep on saying, uh, you know, beware of false testimony and witnessing false testimony to the point that a companion of the Prophet ﷺ said, we wished he would stop. We were hoping the Prophet ﷺ will stop on repeating the same thing over and over and over again. This was not the habit of the Messenger ﷺ, but he was doing that to add emphasis to it. So what's the pathway? Allah gives us this pathway in Surah Al-Hujurat. First, it's Sukhriya. It's having a mocking tongue. Uh, or, or, or having, I'm sorry, having a prideful disposition, a prideful disposition, a prideful disposition. Why? Because Allah just says, لا يسخر قوم من قوم عسى أن يكونوا خير منهم ولا نساء من نساء عسى أن يكون خير منهم. Okay, Allah says, don't mock other people because they might be better than you. Don't put other people down. They might actually be better than you. And so the believer, عباد Rahman, are too busy in the corner of their homes, asking Allah to protect them from fire and from their own sins, which they're deeply acquainted with, to feel a sense of pride over anyone else. So Allah says, Do not have a prideful disposition that causes you to mock a people. And then what happens if you don't check that prideful disposition? Okay, Then comes a dhan, a judgmental heart. A judgmental heart. What happens after you develop a judgmental heart? A tajassus, a spying eye. Okay, so you start to you start to spy on people. You start to do tatabbaul awrat. You start to uh, to look into and investigate people's sins. You start to look and wait for uh, for 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 their falls so that you can uh, jump on them, right, and exploit them and you find you know you, you find joy in that. So to to justus, you start to spy, you start to investigate things that you should, you know, you should be too busy interrogating yourself to be investigating someone else, right? But that's that's where you're at. To justice, oh wait, let me click here, let me go here, let me ask this person, let me go there, and so you start to do to justice, a spying eye, and then what happens after that? A gossiping tongue, riba. Okay, you start to have a gossiping tongue, a backbiting tongue, and so you start to, because look, if you, if you if you pry enough, you're going to see things of people that are undesirable, and riba backbiting is not slander. Backbiting is that you say about a person what is true of them, but that they would hate. Okay, 
So backbiting is different. It's, it's, it's gossip that's actually true, but it, it harms people, okay? Now, the inevitable next step after riba is that if you get used to gossip and you get used to backbiting, eventually you're going to decorate and embellish the true gossip with something to make it a little juicier. And you're going to slander and you're going to add in details that would further hurt that person so that you could further beautify your gossip or embellish your gossip. And that's how you end up falling into azur, right? Qawl azur, false testimony, where you have major consequences, right? As a result of just going step by step. What did it all start from? It started from you not minding your own business and having a prideful disposition where you were too busy looking down on others to, uh, to work on yourself. And so Allah tells us to avoid this pathway, right? Azur, to avoid going down this dark path of qawl azur. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, protect us from that. So what's the prescription of that? How do we deal with that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا مَرُّوا بِاللَّغْوِ مَرُّوا كِرَامًا if they, Now if you read a translation, it's probably going to be lost here because the translation will probably say, if they uh, if they uh, if they come across or if they are in the midst of a level idle speech, then they move on with honor and dignity. But as I said, this is if they accidentally find themselves in a situation where they're not looking for a level, they're not intending it, but they happen to see it, or they happen to be in a gathering where it's spoken, or it shows up on their newsfeed. Wherever it is, they happen to come across something that they were not looking for, right? They weren't looking for the stuff, but it came But it came to them. Either, again, you're sitting in a gathering and people start talking about someone. You're in a WhatsApp group because everything is virtual now, right? You're in a WhatsApp group and people start talking about someone. Um, you are scrolling and you see something. The point is, is that you weren't looking for it, but it showed up. It showed up. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Marru kirama. They pass it with honor and dignity. They pass it with nobility. SubhanAllah, these are beautiful words that Allah gives here. Why? Because first of all, connect this to a few ayat prior where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that these are people that walk with such dignity and honor to where when they're addressed by the foolish, salama. Like they, they maintain an honorable disposition when people insult them, um, when they see something else happening, lahu happening, and it doesn't necessarily involve them, but it involves someone else. Remember, Ibadur Rahman don't live lives of contradiction. They don't live lives of contradiction. So it's not like, yeah, I'm going to gossip and jump in here uh, because, you know, I'm not, the, I'm not the object of the gossip and the backbiting, right? This is, this is not worth my time. Right? It's not worth my time when it's leveled at me. It's not worth my time when it's leveled at someone else. Marru kirama. And this is a, a state that we should all uh, seek to aspire to. All of us should speak to aspire to. So you're not looking for it. You're not intending it. But you happen to be in a place where it's spoken. You happen to see it. You pass it with marru uh, kirama, uh, with dignity, with honor. SubhanAllah, the word that Allah Azza uses here, that a person passes through kareem, a person passes through and comes out noble in the process of coming across these things. What is this referring to? The Prophet said, Man ra'a minkum munkar, whoever amongst you sees an evil, 
If you have admin privileges, again, I've got to speak in our lingo today because these are the nature of our interactions. If you can physically change something, change it, right? You can change that evil, do something about it. You can stop it, stop it. Uh, and if you can't do that, then you say something about it, right? You don't, you don't, you know, you're going to deflate. You're going to deflate it at that moment and say, this is not okay. All right. So you're going to chime in and you're going to stop it, whether that's through speaking or whether that's through typing. But you're going to say, this is not okay. And subhanAllah, if you're watching the angel series, the hadith of the Prophet, where the Prophet said that the one who defends his brother, Allah ta'ala protects his face from the fire. Because backbiting, what does Allah do to the backbiters on the day of judgment? Right? They will be ripping their faces off with claws, the Prophet said, their own faces. Because face and reputation are in wedge and reputation are in the same uh, are in the same analogy, right, with one another. They're analogous to one another because you make it hard for someone to show their face in society. And so here you have uh, Allah Azza wa Jalla saying that whoever defends their brother or their sister, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala would protect their entire face from the fire. You protect them from the face from the fire of humiliation, uh, and Allah Azza wa Jalla, or you protect their faces from humiliation in this life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects your face from the fire in the hereafter. So the Prophet says, you see an evil, you stop it if you can. If you can't stop it, you say something about it. And if you can't say something about it, then the Prophet said, you hate it in your heart. And that is the least of iman. That is the least of faith. The scholars say that what this refers to is that you leave. You leave. You excuse yourself from the gathering. You, you know, you make it very clear that there's a departure. So even hating it in your heart is not that you stay put. Hating it in your heart is that you either change the subject, change the conversation, but you do something to suggest that you're not okay with it. Even if you cannot directly refute it, this is not okay. And uh, and you get up and you leave if it's a physical gathering, or you uh, or you do something to suggest that you you want to move on. Okay, that this is not something that you are interested in uh, in engaging. The scholars also say that the usage of the word kirama here, the usage of the word honor, uh, is very is very profound. Why? I want you to think about uh, that gathering. Think of a physical space. Gossip and backbiting is taking place. People are laughing, and when people gossip and backbite, they really bring out the ugliest of themselves. So they disgrace themselves. Right? This is beneath you. They disgrace themselves. And so they disgrace themselves and they lower themselves in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? So it's beneath you. It's it's nasty. It makes you look upon someone as being less. Like, why are they so messy? Right? Despite uh, otherwise good qualities, why do they disgrace themselves this way? And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, looks at that person as less. That person lowers themselves by uh, making themselves ugly with these deeds of lagu with these deeds that come from lagu, from idle speech. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at the, the, the person on the other side. So you're sitting in this gathering, people are talking, and you're uncomfortable, and you're clearly uncomfortable, and you're clearly repulsed by it. And you say something like, you know what, we really shouldn't be talking about this, or that's not okay, and I disagree, and that brother is actually a good brother, that's a good sister. Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is not the right way to go about this, Okay. 
that's sucking the air out of the gathering, right? It's just, whoa, the person that says, you know what, this is not okay. Uh, I'm not okay with the discussion here. I am not okay with the direction this has taken. What's going to happen when a person steps in and says, this is not okay? Initially, initially, he might be detested, but eventually he will be respected by those very same people. Okay. Initially, they might detest him, but eventually they will respect him. Where do we get this from? The hadith of the Prophet وسلم, where he said, Whoever pleases the people by displeasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whoever pleases the people by displeasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be displeased with him, and Allah will cause the people to be displeased with him as well. Eventually, you just gain a reputation for being messy and people want to wash their hands. And like, you know what? Forget this person, right? So eventually, what that leads to is the consequence of, uh, you know, everyone looking down upon you, right? Because people get sick of your abusive tongue and then people also get paranoid, by the way. You know why? Because if every time I'm around you, you're talking about someone else, then whoever... Uh, quotes other people's words to you, know that they quote your words to other people. Whoever backbites other people in your presence, know that they backbite you in other people's presence because it's a habit, it's a spiritual disease. And so, though in the in the initial moment of the gossip and the backbiting, uh, people might laugh, people will indulge it, people will engage it. Eventually, they'll be like, you know what? Uh, that person's messy, right? And everyone will detest that person. Whereas the person that took a stand and said, this is not okay. This is not an okay way to speak about your brother or sister. I am very uncomfortable with this. We should fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we should move on. In the immediate moment, people are going to be like, why did you have to make things awkward? People might detest you. People might not invite you to the next gathering or so. But they will end up respecting you and seeing you as what? Seeing you as someone who is consistently noble, consistently noble, kareem, dignified, honorable. It's not that they just jumped in suddenly, uh, whereas they usually are backbiting themselves. You know, sometimes, subhanAllah, people backbite themselves, and then, you know, the wrong person's being backbited, and so then they step in. No, like, this is a person that doesn't backbite, that doesn't gossip, and that doesn't like gossip or backbiting, and they consistently, they, they consistently register their disapproval for that backbiting and for that gossip. And so what ends up happening is that while initially, you know, uh, we don't really like that person being around, uh, you know, it makes things awkward when that person's around. They're too religious. They don't like us getting into certain discussions. We might not invite them to the next gathering. Allah, The Prophet wasallam said, whoever pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by displeasing the people. Allah will be pleased with that person. And the people will come around to be pleased with that person as well. People will come around to honor an honorable person and say, you know what? That's a noble person. You know, yeah, they called me out that one time. It, I didn't feel good either. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it gets awkward. But you know what? May Allah reward that brother. May Allah reward that sister. They don't let these things fall. Uh, they don't let these things go. They hold themselves to that standard. And they hold others to that standard too consistently. They don't live contradictions. They hold everyone to the same standard, starting with themselves, not being okay with a lahu, not being okay with the indulgence of 
uh, of gossip and backbiting and what that eventually inevitably leads to of slander. Okay, so ibadur rahman again, that is rahma. By the way, how is it rahma? It's rahma to the person who's being backbited, and wallahi, you know, it's rahma to the people that are backbiting as well. It's rahma to the people that are backbiting as well. Why? Because you make them start to think twice about their sins and their gossip. Not just the one who's being victimized by the gossip, but the people that engage it so easily, so lightly. You, you might make them think and reconsider their attitude. And so you're bringing a rahmah to them and that hopefully they'll move on from a sin that they won't commit again. Uh, I think of Imam Ahmad rahimahullah ta'ala. Imam Ahmad rahimahullah was known to be extremely forgiving. So forgiving. Right? He forgave everyone from the people that slandered him to the people that beat him in prison to the people that ordered his beatings. Right, Imam Ahmad was extremely forgiving. But one time, you know, a young man came to Imam Ahmad rahimahullah and he told him that I was backbiting you. Do you forgive me? Imam Ahmad rahimahullah said, I forgive you if you don't do it again. I forgive you so long as you don't do it again. And uh, Imam Ahmad's son was shocked by his answer. It was, it was a very atypical answer from his father. So when the man left, uh, Abdullah asked his father, he said, you know, why did you give him a conditional uh, forgiveness, conditional amnesty, right? Why didn't you just tell him you're forgiven, which is what we're used to from you? And subhanAllah, look at the love of a teacher for his student. Look at the love of a murabbi for the ummah. He said, oh, my son, I didn't want him to return back to that sin. I was only doing that to stop him from returning back to that sin. I wanted him to reconsider the next time so that he doesn't fall back in that sin. So it was out of love and care for him that he told him, so long as you don't return back to it, so that he could set a bar for him so that he thinks twice before he engages it once again. So that's Ibadur Rahman, bring that Rahma to everyone. What's the connection to the next ayah? وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِّرُوا بِآيَاتِ رَبِّهِمْ لَمْ يَخِرُّوا عَلَيْهَا صُمَّا وَعُمْيَانًا And those who, when they are reminded of the revelations of their Lord, do not fall deaf and blind to those revelations and to those admonishments. Now the scholars here, by the way, they say that this is twofold. Number one, in connection to the previous ayat, these are people that receive critical advice and admonition well. Everyone loves to give nasiha. Very few people love to receive nasiha, okay? And so Allah Azza wa Jalla is saying those people, when they are reminded with the verses of Allah, they don't, uh, they don't dismiss it, okay? So not only do they dismiss falsehood when they see it around them and proceed with honor, when someone reminds them with the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they receive the admonition and the critique well, Okay? And that's why Umar al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who he said Umar was so, uh, you know, was so dedicated to rectifying everything around him. And, you know, sometimes that might be interpreted as harshness from Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. But if anyone from a child to, you know, a servant to the most seemingly insignificant person in society said to Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, ittaqillah, fear Allah, he would suddenly, this, this huge man, this man of huge stature, would suddenly shrink and say, why? You know, he'd cry and he'd receive the admonition. So it was a two-way street, right? Because it wasn't about me being the one admonishing. It was about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being honored and the irb, the dignity of the people who Allah azza wa jal has given those sacred rights, made, made sacred, sanctified, not being disgraced. 
So if I'm the one that's guilty of that and I'm unaware of that, I want people to tell me that, right? I want someone to remind me with the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So some of the scholars say the connection of this ayah to the previous one is that إِذَا ذُكِّرُوا بِآيَاتِ رَبِّهِمْ refers specifically to when someone reminds them using the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they do not dismiss that advice. Uh, and then some of the scholars, they said, uh, you know, that this is referring to Subhanallah, a people that are so focused on listening to Allah and seeing what is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they do not have space in their ears or in their eyes for that which is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they are deaf to riba, to, to, to backbiting and slander and gossip because they are intensely listening to the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to good preaching, to admonition. And so they're too intently listening to those things that it is tuning out the other things. So their ears are intent, right, on listening to those things. Their eyes, they are too busy trying to see that which is pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to see the, the opportunities that are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in front of them to let their eyes stick to things that are shameful or things that would take them away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. SubhanAllah, I mentioned, um, I know I've mentioned this in a couple of lectures before. My mother, may Allah have mercy on her, she was, uh, and, and I appreciate if everyone would make dua for her. It's the 29th night of Ramadan, so please do keep her in your dua. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have mercy upon her. Um, she was partially deaf after one of her strokes, and she would sit in a gathering and she just smiled at everyone. <laughs> but she couldn't uh, hear what was being said. You'd have to speak really loud for her to hear you. And uh, even then often, you know, in the last decade of her life, you'd have to repeat yourself a few times for her to hear you. And uh, she would just kind of sit there in a gathering and smile at everyone. And uh, she would say, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, I can't hear the backbiting and the gossip anymore. Alhamdulillah. Like she was so happy that she felt like she could go to a gathering and not listen to the stuff that she was used to listening to before. She would say, Alhamdulillah, Allah spared me from hearing the garbage that I typically hear. So, you know, she was listening to something else, right? And she was seeing something else. And that's Ibadur Rahman, the servants of Ar Rahman. When they hear the verses of Ar Rahman, as Allah says in Surah Maryam, it physically humbles them and it brings them to internal. Uh, uh, in a place of, of internal connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and causes them to cry, causes them to weep. And so uh, when Allah says that these people have attentive listening and sight to Allah's words and admonitions, that is the opposite attitude to looking for people's faults and listening to gossip about them. Again, the opposite to looking for people's faults and listening to gossip about them is listening and seeing uh, Allah's words in a way that would cause you to better yourself, to be busy with the creator, to be busy with getting close to the creator and refining yourself for the creator to get involved in all of these other things. And that is so essential to, uh, to, to the soul and to the heart and to the soundness of the heart, uh, to be able to receive the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala properly, to be able to see the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala properly, to be able to receive admonition properly, is to have a different orientation and a focus and to avoid that which corrodes 
those uh, those values and those pure places that we have in our hearts and in our minds. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, it is not the eyes that are blind, but it is the hearts. It is the hearts and the chests that become blind. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from being those people whose ears and whose eyes, whose faculties are in tune to that which is displeasing to him. And we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those that use wasa'al al-ma'arif, these faculties of getting to know him, to know him. These faculties of gaining closeness to him, to get closer to him. And we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for the times that we use the blessings of sight and speech and hearing to disobey him when they were given to us to come to know him better, subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to use his ni'am his blessings properly, not to misuse them like the brothers of shaitan, nor to use them to disgrace Ibadur Rahman, disgrace other servants of the Most Merciful by uh, by engaging in lahu, by engaging in vain speech, and then eventually in false testimony. May Allah protect us from being wronged and from, from wronging and being wronged. May Allah protect us from oppressing and being oppressed from either dishing out harm or reciprocating harm. Allahumma ameen. Jazakumullah khayran to you all. Uh, please keep me and my family in your du'a tonight. Keep the entire Yaqeen uh, team and their families in your du'a tonight. I pray that Allah Azza wa Jal accepts this night from you. And inshallah ta'ala, we'll see you tomorrow night for the final session of Ibadul Rahman, Quran 30 for 30, and Ibadul Rahman, bidnillahi uh, ta'ala. May Allah bless you all. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam taseeman kathira. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.